You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Chief Carl Buchanan. Chief Carl took over the South Bend Fire Department about a year ago to the day, thrown right into the fire, the COVID pandemic. And we talked all things fire department. We talked his history, his background. We answered some common questions we got on social media. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Martin's Supermarkets. You can find them on social media at Martin's Markets or martins-supermarkets.com. And make sure you check them out as March Madness continues. You get your snacks there, your drinks, enjoy some basketball. And right now, enjoy this conversation with Chief Carl Buchanan. Chief Carl Buchanan, South Bend Fire Department. How are you doing today? I'm doing, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm blessed and highly favored. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. I, I, I think uh, in in lieu of the great weather that we're seeing yeah. in March, <laughs> we haven't even seen Easter yet, but we're experiencing some great temperatures in the weather. And I see a lot of people out walking and, and I, it just makes you feel good. So I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Thank you for asking. So we'll get into some department talk. Real quickly, your background. So born and raised? Born and raised, South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. Graduated from John Adams High School. Go Eagles. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I love all of the schools in South Bend. I don't want anyone to feel slighted because I'm rooting on for the Eagles. Uh, I'll be rooting on for the St. Joe Indians this weekend and uh, the men's basketball. Basketball. Hopefully they do well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, born and raised. uh Primarily lived on every side of town really? in South Bend. If you can imagine, I I grew up on the South Side. Went to Oliver uh, Elementary School when it was in existence. Uh, then we moved on to the North Side of town, and I went to Marquette Elementary School. I went to Measle Junior High School. I went to Central before Central closed yeah. down. It was a that's where I went to middle school, and then I did my freshman year at LaSalle before. We moved to the east side of town, and then I finished up uh, at John Adams High. Uh, yeah, just uh, born and raised, uh, joined the fire department in 1986. Uh, so grateful for the opportunity. Didn't know. I went to college prior to that. Uh, had several jobs after college, and, you know, I just didn't feel satisfied with what I was doing. I've always been a people person, uh, as most of us, you know, uh, when we get out of school and, and finish even with the higher education, we we try to go where we were focused on in our studies. But even in doing that, sometimes we, we realize that there's more for us to do. And I was uh, a manager at a convenience store, and I had an epiphany. I, I just felt like I needed to do more. Uh, I was just starting coaching at John Adams High School, uh, which kind of gave me a fulfillment because I was a former track athlete at John Adams and in college. And I said, you know what, this is a sign. So I did some coaching. And in doing that coaching, I said, you know, there's still more for me to do. And one day I seen they was taking applications for the South Bend Fire Department. And I, I never chased fire trucks. I never chased ambulances. I just, uh, I respected them for what they did, but I just never really thought of myself doing it. But I, I took the challenge. I, I stated to my parents and, and I said, hey, I think I'm going to try to get on the South Bend Fire Department. And they said, well, if that's what you want to do. So they were fully supportive. And uh, lo and behold, uh, I got on the South Bend Fire Department and been there ever since. Uh, started from the bottom and, and as you can say, made it to the top. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, my, my goal is still the same, even from that first day on the job to, to this point, is to 
serve the public, uh, try to take care of my family to the best of my ability, and be a good role model for my children. That's that's my goal, and it's that's not going to stop. So, so that's depart- where I'm at. department for over thirty years, battalion chief, what thirteen, fourteen years, and yes, we're sir. coming up on. Almost a year to the day here coming Almost up pretty soon. Almost a year to the day. You, I mean, you got thrown, uh, sorry for the pun, but right into the fire uh, with COVID hitting. I Tell did. us what the last year has been like and just like the state of South Bend Fire right now. You know, I, I'm I'm very excited about where the department is going. And I came in with uh, some visions of my own to try to uh, make some changes and uh, establish uh a little bit more consistency as far as what I feel should be more consistent in certain things within the department. It already, you know, we had the, the most important aspect of the department was great people. So we've been we've been fortunate to have such great people in the organization. And I felt like my I've been charged with the task of just incorporating those people to, to continuously keep uh, believing in themselves and believing in what they're doing. Because the one thing about COVID that everybody seems to forget, in, 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 in other than its physical existence, is that it's mentally stressing on everyone. And it's that mental stress that's going to cause the most damage, even more so, and it's hard to believe, I know, than the realms of COVID, of the COVID virus in itself. So I, I really want to make sure that all of our people are staying safe and healthy and providing them with the best opportunity to do that within uh, their daily duties. Uh, you know, we're called the frontline workers because we work 24-7 and someone's on duty 365. I mean, there is no weekend or, or holiday off per se. Uh, the city has to have coverage and has to be served and, and have to have people available to, to provide that service every day, 24-7. So my main concern is always that to let my people know that I'm not just a social climber. I, I'm not just up here just because I wanted a shiny new badge or a, uh, a name title uh, that says I'm the fire chief. It's because I really care about people, and I really care about all people. And and I felt like, you know, God put me here for a reason. And I know some of the changes and some of the things that, uh, that <clears throat> I'm going to be implementing and have implemented, uh, as we all know as, as humans, that sometimes change is a hard concept to, 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 for, for people to uh, understand. Uh, some accept it and some don't. But I think in time, that change either proves that you were going in that right direction or you wasn't. But I'm not afraid to to make a few mistakes along the way. I think we can't succeed if we don't make some right. mistakes. But it's, it's recognizing those mistakes and not uh, uh, making them over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the department itself, uh, coming into with a pandemic and with civil and social unrest that was going on all around us, uh, it gave me new insight. It, it really encouraged me, though. Uh, I, I wasn't discouraged by no means. Uh, I believe the glass is always half full, not half empty. I, I just knew that I didn't know exactly what I had to do first other than make sure that our people was safe and to try to do everything in my power to keep them healthy. Uh, but that's all I really knew for the first year was to make sure that those things were being taken care of. Uh, but again, going back to my reference on mental health, I had to recognize that, okay, I may be able to provide them with some of the protection uh, externally to pro- keep them from getting COVID-19, but what's inside them internally, their mental aspect, that's a whole nother story that I may not have all the answers for. So I wanted to make sure we have a peer support group within the department. I wanted to make sure that each of these individuals in that group were available and accessible to our membership 
so that everyone, if they wanted to have some anonymity to be able to speak and talk about some of the things that they're going through. Because, you know, we may be firefighters uh, every day of our lives, but we're also husbands. We're also fathers, brothers, uh, sisters, uh, mothers. We have all of that also besides just being firefighters. So we can't, uh, we, we can't stick our head in the sand and say, well, you know what, as long as they're going on the call, as long as they're providing the service, EMS, fire service to the public, that's all we really care about. No, I think that's a disservice on us. We have to be concerned with the total person and not just with that person's occupation. So and that's, again, that's why I feel like I'm here. Uh, it's been a interesting and challenging at times year. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't even uh, put, out, put up any plaques or photos or anything in my office. When people <laughs> come into my office, they said, boy, bare walls. Wow, <laughs> don't you guy? have anything to put up? <laughs> and it's not like I don't have anything to put up because I love my family. I'm proud of my children. Uh, I would love to, to just put their artifacts up on the walls, but uh, it's not about me right now. Uh, hopefully God will give me more time to, to be able to do that, but I, I don't want to focus. I didn't come up there for the focus to be solely on me. I get some praise for things uh, that's being done on the department, but I think the real praise needs to go to the men and women that's making it happen every day. Uh, I'm only here, I feel, because of the things that they do to highlight the South Bend Fire Department. Uh, it's not about Carl Buchanan. You know, South Bend Fire Department is South Bend, the city of South Bend, and then the fire department is the entity of that city. But it, nowhere in there does it say Carl Buchanan South Bend Fire Department. I'm just a cog in the wheel. I'm just one of the the... the Captain's on the vessel trying to steer it in the right direction to keep it uh, going in a positive manner. It may not be all about Carl Buchanan, but you sure seem to be pretty well liked. We put out a feeler on social media. Uh, we, we wanted to crowdsource some questions because, I mean, with when it comes to fire, police, a lot of times people just have pretty much everyday questions. So I'm going to get straight to those and make it the bulk of this so sure. you can hammer away. Uh, the first one is recruiting and retaining talent. I mean, are you seeing that? Is it getting harder? Is it getting easier? And the second part of that question is, what does it look like on the volunteer side? Are there volunteer firefighters? Um, and if so, like, how does that work? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, one of the things when I first came up to this position, uh, I was charged with, again, the task of trying to find out why come uh, the recruiting numbers were down and mm -hmm. why come we couldn't get a more diverse recruiting culture within our fire department and in public safety in general. Uh, and not only here, but why is that being such a hard task uh, across the whole country? Uh, we know that individuals, unfortunately, due to COVID, uh, a lot of jobs were shut down and a lot of individuals are looking for employment. But let me just state too that uh, firefighting is not just a pen and pencil paper type of type of job. It's action and it's acts that you perform while making those actions that uh, could be the difference between life and, and endangerment of life. And, and so it's not something that everybody can do. I don't think that we're anyone special. I think that God gave us a calling and we just decided to answer that call. But, you know, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. uh, the things that we see and the things that we're involved in on a daily basis. But that being said, recruiting was a, a big challenge for me. And I had some ideals coming in because I was on the recruiting committee as a battalion chief. And I had uh, mentioned to the, my predecessor, uh, before he left that, uh, you know, I want to do more things and we need to try other things to try to enlist more people into wanting to uh, choose this as a career. Uh, and so I'd implement, I got, well, first, 
I had to hire a new chief of training because the former chief of training had retired. So I needed a new chief of training. So in part of the hiring process or the promotional process for that particular individual, one of my questions to all the applicants were, what can you do to help us with our recruiting and our hiring? Do you have any ideas and suggestions? And, and so the individual that was given that, ultimately given that position, Chief Brandon Rourke, uh, came to me and he says, Chief, I'm with you. I agree. We definitely need to try to do something different because if you don't do anything different, then you're going to get the same results that you've been getting, right? So you have to step out on faith sometimes. You have to try new things. And so he had some ideals. And I says, you know what? No ideal is a bad ideal. I said, only ideal is bad is one you don't try. I said, so let's let's try some of these things. And and honestly, it really did great with, uh, at the end of the day, our numbers were, were fantastic. We, uh, this latest group uh, that we have that hopefully we'll be able to put on at least another nine or 10 people uh, relatively soon. Uh, and it takes a year's, almost six months to even get someone ready to be put out there to represent South Bend Fire Department. So, but we covered uh, a lot of the diversity and ethnic questions that was being raised, and we just did it wholeheartedly. Just we didn't we didn't uh, bypass individuals and and over and choose different individuals just because their name or their ethnicity, you know, says, okay, yeah, we need one of those, one of those, one of those, so that we can make uh, the fire department a little bit more looking like the diverse culture that South Bend community represents. But it just happened, just the, the few minor tweaks and changes that we did implement helped to actually secure. We've got females on the list. We've got it. We've got Hispanic females on the list. We've got African-Americans on the list. We've got even uh, uh, biracial applicants on the list. And, and and so we covered that. And so I'm looking forward to, to them hopefully one day getting on. Uh, and so, yes, recruiting is a major, major thing. And, and it's not just soft being. It's all across the country. Uh, you know, it's uh, and the only way I can explain it is I said a few minutes ago, is that it's just not for everyone. Uh, it's not that anyone couldn't do the job. It's just not for everyone. Right. And going back to your question about the volunteers, well, South Bend Fire Department, been in existence for over 150 years, uh, we are a career department, fully paid. We are not volunteers. We have 100,000-plus citizens in our community, and so, therefore, it was decided long before I even came around that we needed career individuals. We needed people 24-7, 365, uh, and, and God bless the volunteers in this country and abroad. Mm -hmm. I am an advocate of all the volunteers out there that serve communities, rural communities that don't have the ability to hire full-time firefighters. Those communities still need someone to protect and to serve them at their to, to the best of their abilities, and so I would I'm I am a real big proponent of volunteers, but I'm also very proud that we are a career fire department because we provide so many different services to this community. We have a great uh, swift water team, a great hazmat team. Uh, we have a great drone team. We we have excelled beyond our our feasible capabilities uh, over the last ten years or so, and look forward to continually to to progress and be aggressive. We have an Indiana River Rescue School that we have other uh, entities, New York, Chicago, uh, just to name a few, that sends their their firefighters here to soft being so that we can train them on fast moving water and river rescue strategies. Cool. Soft being. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Soft being don't send ours to them. <laughs> they send theirs to us. So, so yes, feather in our cap and not necessarily mine, but to our great instructors and our great team that, that puts a, a, a great product out there so that others 
all over the United States wants to take advantage of. So kudos to them for that. Next question comes from our friend Christina McGovern with the Youth Service Bureau. Um, she She's asking how changes in the city, whether it's streets, layout, population, how that impacts how the fire department responds. Like, are you, cur- are, are you having to constantly adapt? Well, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, a lot of our apparatus, our fire department trucks and our ambulances, uh, you know, we're thankful for the, the streets as far as the width and the variances that's out there to provide for, uh, for residential parking, but also to, to allow for the, uh, the, the diameter of our vehicles to be able to get down those streets to get to the to citizens whenever they need us for whatever, whatever they need us for. Uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always uh, looking at uh, what's going on within the city and how the city is making changes, whether it be putting in roundabouts, whether it be putting changing directions of traffic, all of these things are important, uh, especially for us to be able to do what we do. Uh, I think that the city still, uh, I, I know they're not done making changes to whether it be traffic patterns or whether it be diameters of the streets or trying to limit uh, motorists from traveling down these streets at a high rate of speed, especially when there's children that could be playing near these streets, making it very dangerous for, for motorists to do so. Uh, you know, the great thing about our fire department is we have an emergency vehicle operation uh, course that we make sure that all operators, driver operators go through so that they know, you know, pay attention to not just your regular driver's license that you have to pass every four years so that you, you know, know how to drive or do the right things, paying attention to all the right things that you're supposed to do. But uh, just for our people to understand that it goes beyond that. It's about the, the pedestrians. It's about the uh, the citizens that could come out of anywhere. You know, uh, it may seem like when we're traveling to a call to some that uh, we are obviously traveling uh, to the speed limit or what the state statute says that we can, we can go above the speed limit in responding to that call because, again, lives are in danger and, or possibly in danger, and we have to get there expeditiously. Uh, so, you know, we're going to make sure that we pay attention to everything that the, the statutes say about going through our streets, going through our residential neighborhoods, uh, and doing it at a safe, in a safe manner, uh, to make sure that we're paying attention to all of the the little ones out there, especially. Yeah. This question comes from Linda. What are common fire hazards in the average home? Uh, the most common thing is uh, winter time. It would be space heaters. Uh, then, and another more common thing, uh, all season, any season, is candles. Uh, people are constantly leaving candles because they like them for their aromatic sense or just for the mood, yeah. you know. Uh, they're very, they're very uh, softening to uh, put you in a, a different, uh, more settled Relax mood. you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, very yeah. relaxing. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of times they're left unattended, uh, and that's not a good thing. Uh, or smokers that fall asleep. Uh, there's so many things that we can prevent uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, we try to do a, a better job in our public education department. Uh, our public education office is not only going out there and trying to talk with uh, citizens and, and also having tours for the, uh, for the kids to come through so we can teach them one-on-one, which obviously all of that kind of got curtailed in 2020 due to COVID. But we're starting to pick it back up as everyone is getting their vaccinations and doing their part to stop the spread. But at the same time, we can all do something uh, within our homes. You just look around. And if you see you see things, uh, if you see a stove turned on, turn it off. If you see matches or lighters laying around, pick them up. You know, just the little things. It's, it, and that's all it is. But, you know, different seasons, yes, bring on different different problems. 
you know, in the summertime, which is great. We want people outside and we want people to be able to go outside and enjoy nature and, and just the environment. But a lot of times people will start fires, whether it's, uh, and even cooking food and mm-hmm. leaving it unattended. Uh, and it flares up, especially if the grill is next to the house. Uh, aluminum siding just doesn't go good with heat, even though it's, you know, you got it on there to, you say, well, the sun, the sun gives it heat. Yeah, well, fire, you know, in itself is not the sun. Uh, and those things don't match. So you got that. But then in the wintertime, obviously, again, you've got the methods that's uh, providing heat in some of the houses. That's not natural. It's not coming from your furnace. It's coming from portable devices and mechanical, portable medical, mechanical devices, such as your space heaters, your kerosene heaters, uh, portable, some portable heaters, even though they're supposed to be UL regulated. And the one thing that people don't understand about anything that you're plugging into your home uh, receptacles is that each receptacle is only uh, given out so much input. It's not for a lot of things. It's only for one, probably one thing. Can't run two power strips no. off that and fill them both no. up. No, <laughs> but this is a misconception because people feel like if you if the if the if the businesses are selling these items, yeah. then they must be like safe. It's all good. Yeah. No, they're, they're not selling them because they're safe. They're selling them because they they know somebody wants to buy them. <laughs> Let's let's put it put it out there like that, and, and so that's one thing that a, a lot of people don't really understand. They like, what do you mean? I I even bought a surge protector. Yeah, well, is it a surge protector or just a multiple outlet electrical strip? See, there's two different things. Surge protector, it will say surge protector, and, and probably be a little more expensive, and be a little yeah. bit more expensive. But yeah. a lot of times, people just want, hey, I want to be able to hook up five or six different things for seven bucks. That strip will work for five ninety nine. There you go. Why am I going to pay nineteen ninety nine for a surge protector? Well, until something happens, and then they re- they figure probably should have paid that nineteen ninety nine. But even the surge protectors, again, those outlets, your outlets are only only going to give you so much amperage and they're not for a whole lot of things to be plugged into them. So these are things that we can do as well. So yeah. there's multi- there's a multitude of things that we can do to to prevent fires from taking our homes. Maryland wants to know if you need a permit to paint fire hydrants. The city of South Bend and the Fire Prevention Bureau Fire Marshal Gerard Ellis could probably answer that more so than than I can. But to my knowledge, I believe you'd have to have the fire marshal's permission to be able to do that because if, it, if everyone went out there and we liked the ideal and at one time there was something that was put out to residents to... to everyone would customize them? To customize yeah. them to make so that they, may, they would be more visible for us in the wintertime uh, when it's hard to know where... I mean, we, we have our on our... our mobile data technology MDT screens, we can see sometimes where the hydrants are. But when you're traveling to these residences, you know, it says it's supposed to be right there, uh, but we don't know whether it's in service or not. And sometimes the plows kind of plow yeah. over them, which makes it, we, we don't have the luxury of digging out a hydrant a lot <laughs> of times. Uh, and we try to encourage, and I know it's encouraged to the citizens, that if you have a hydrant near your property line during the winter times, please go out and shovel it and clear it for the fire department. And we really do appreciate that. We really do appreciate that because uh, that helps us to be able to provide water so, uh, water supply in case we needed to help our help our citizens. So, the one more from social media here comes from Angela, and you kind of you kind of touched on this earlier. Um, but whether it's civil social unrest, the COVID pandemic, you mentioned uh, mental health or even emotional health for the firefighters. Um, how has that been over the past year? And uh, are there resources, you know, to help when it can just get overwhelming? Yes, there, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this because this is something that's near and dear uh, along with uh, preventative cancer in the fire service. That's that's another thing that's very near and dear. But mental health is, is, is right up there as well. And yes, there are there are many avenues, and the city of South Bend has afforded its employees with several avenues, and and there's several organizations that's out there that's providing us with uh, 
these options of having someone to go to and, and to talk with. Uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, in, a, in an anonymous manner uh, to where it's not about everyone else knowing that you're, what you're going through and, and, and whatever assistance that you're trying to do to, to help yourself. It's just you going through it with, with not having that hanging over your head that, oh, God, they, they think now everybody knows I'm going to talk to this person, so now they're thinking there's something wrong with me. Uh, you know, that makes a lot of people uh, feel like they shouldn't do that or don't want to do that for, those, for that particular reason. But we have that as well as we have our peer support group within the fire department. That's uh, a great group of men and women uh, that our personnel and our firefighters feel that they can trust. And that's what it all boils down to. Do you trust the person or persons or someone out there to be able to confide in them and share with them how you really, really feel? Because it's not easy to do. It, you know, some people may not have a problem talking with anyone. They don't mind sharing their story with anyone. But there's a higher percentage of people out there that feel just the opposite. Mm -hmm. They do not want anyone to know because, again, it's that stigma that they feel that they're going to be attached with this label of, you know, yeah, that person's not doing too well up in the head or, you know, I'm not sure if I feel safe working beside this person or is this person going to be able to go out there and, and give the service that they need to give. And in the fire service, it's about watching each other's back. And, and we have to take care of each other first before we can provide that service to the public. See, it's, it's like the cart pulling the horse or does the horse pull the cart? Well, we're the horse, okay? And we're trying to support and give support out there to our community. But in order to do that, we have to support each other. And, and there's so many various things that, that come up, not even uh, on the job, uh, just, just in general within our own uh, psyche. Uh, we, we, we take on so much and we've took on so much in dealing with this, this virus and this pandemic that it's, it's, uh, it's been uh, very uh, depressing within some of our personnel and just in general in the public to see that, you know, people feel like they just have nowhere to turn to. And yes, you do. You do have someone to turn to. And we make sure we provide those outlets to our to our personnel. Love it. Before we get to the last few questions I have, going to pass along some hellos from some friends of the program. Uh, Roberto Parisi. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's like my other dad. Yeah. Yes. So Roberto's my uncle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I married into the Italian side of the there family. You so, so there he, you go. So uh, he saw my Facebook post and said, uh, you are the absolute best. Tell uh, him I said hello. Uh, and then this one, um, sponsor of the show, Martin Supermarkets. Go to martins-supermarkets.com to check them, them so out. Much. Thank them Chef so April much. wanted to say hello. Chef April. Again, Chef Car or Chief Carl is awesome. So that's what she <laughs> well, wanted to say. you know what? Thank you and thank her because she not only, she's not only been a good friend uh, for of mine for a long time, but also to the department. She's come in to the department numerous times and did some nutritional uh, meal preppings for us to, to just to help us to be able to uh, eat better and take care of ourselves better uh, nutritional wise. And so thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Chef April. Appreciate you. So a few few last questions I have. This one came in via me. Chicago Fire and other TV shows. How accurate are they? <laughs> Well, you know, before <laughs> I became the fire chief, and I'm not even exa exaggerating on this here statement. Have you seen Chicago Fire? Uh, I watch it religiously Okay, every I like week. it too. I, I love I, Chief Bowden. I don't agree with every method that they use, but, but let me just clarify It's always arson. That. Let me just, it's always <laughs> arson. You can always be sure of that, right? Uh, that's... <laughs> We used to have a firefighter that was a, uh, an investigator on this job, Steve Weger. And Captain Steve Weger used to say, you know, he'd pull up on the fire and he'd say, what you got? And we'd tell him, and he says, yeah, looks like ours. <laughs> and I'm like, how does he do that? What, what, how does he come up with that? He hasn't even been in there yet. He must know? be writing for Chicago yeah, Fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Well, let me comment about that. So, so before I became the, the fire chief, I was a battalion chief. And, and so when Chicago Fire started out, it was a lot of people that, for whatever reason, 
they and and he has hair and I don't, but uh, they they would think that I Bowden. was Otis Bowden. Yeah, you know they say, oh, you're hey, just that, like Chief Bowden. You're that's a compliment like though. Bowden. That guy's the man. Well, you know what he is, and I wish that I could could hold myself to, to his level, but uh, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him, as does his personnel, as you can tell on the show. They all respect him deeply, and and I think for all firefighters, I think for all of us, as we continue to to uh, rise in the ranks. Uh, that's that's one of the things that we really care about. It's, it's not, again, it's not about me, but it's just knowing, hoping that the people around me uh, respects what I do and the decisions that I make, even though they may not agree with them at the time. Uh, you know, don't take anything personal. Uh, just make sure you keep everything in perspective and do it to the best of your ability at all times. And that's 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 it, you know. Uh, but yes, love that show. Another question I have about that show is what's the difference between like, so like uh Severide's thing and Casey's thing. It's, it's truck and engine squad, it's truck and squad. What's the difference? Well, squad is, is more like our rescue, our okay. rescue team and our, our rescue. Uh, we have three shifts of rescue officers and firefighters. And, uh, so they have a squad that goes on a lot of the rescues. They do a lot of the interior rescue calls, uh, along with other things too, but they're, they're known as a squad. And there's a lot of other departments that have squads. We don't have squads per se, but that's just the title mm-hmm. and, and just kind of what their, their main function is on the fire department. What does a typical day for you look like now? Like, are you at this point in your career, are you ever boots on ground at a fire or is it more making sure that the engine keeps running, you know, correctly? More of the latter. Yeah. Uh, because uh, obviously due to COVID, I haven't even had a chance since I've gotten up to this rank. I haven't even had a chance to get around to, to all my stations because we, uh, we wanted to make sure to prohibit the, the spread and we wanted to keep everybody safe. Uh, so therefore, we haven't opened up our stations completely yet, and I have not even in the past year had an opportunity other than Central, where I'm housed at, on the, uh, to be able to go around and talk with the firefighters because everybody knows me and they know that I'm I'm people to people. I'm I'm hands on. I, I like being around the people and hearing what's going on with them, and because uh, that's really important to me. So I haven't been able to do that. And I haven't been able to go to any fires per se. Uh, not that there haven't been a lot of them. There has been a lot of them. Uh, but I, I don't want to, I'm still trying to learn what all I'm supposed to be doing in this position. So I don't want to cheat that at all. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I give myself every opportunity to progress and to learn and to grow. And, uh, and hopefully in doing that, I'll get back around to uh getting there, doing some uh, uh, hand-to-hand, face-to-face with all of the personnel, Uh, hopefully as we continue to get everyone vaccinated. And and I was so glad that obviously being on the front line that uh, firefighters, public safety, police officers, doctors, nurses, uh, everyone that they consider the frontline workers and essential workers, whatever, had an opportunity right off the bat to get the vaccination. And but, you know, in, in stating that, you know, that seems to be and has been as stated by medical and science stated that that's the only way that we're all going to stay safe and be able to uh, get back around each other uh, more so than we did in the past year. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm, I am looking forward to as we continue to, to move forward to uh, getting back around and, and, and talking with everyone. And uh, right now it's mostly me sending out my memos and, uh, you know, talking in that manner to my, to my personnel, uh, which isn't the same. I know they'd rather see it and hear it directly from me, uh, but uh, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So I'm real excited to talk to you about this. The theme of this show, I think every episode, every guest that's ever been on, I typically ask, have you been stuck on an elevator? And I ask that because I don't ride elevators. I'm scared to death of them. Planes, I don't mind. I do the uh, over the edge thing for YSB, go over Mm -hmm. the building. Don't Mm -hmm. care about that. Elevators, I don't mess with. Tell me, you've been in fire for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. Tell me how ridiculous it is that I am scared of this. 
Uh, I'd like to be able to tell you that, but I'm going to support you and tell oh you God. that, you know, <laughs> it's not unusual for you to be afraid. Uh, and they, you know, what they say, they say, it's closed. they say sometimes closed in, closed in, uh, places. And, and do you yes, ride elevators? I do. I have do. Have you ever been part of an elevator rescue? I have not. Mayor Pete on well, the show said I've he been gets stuck all the time over as there. a firefighter rescuing someone else. Right, that's what I, yeah, that's oh, what okay. I'm asking. Okay, I've never been trapped. Is that a pretty life. straightforward when you're getting? Well, you know, fortunately uh, for me, fortunately that uh, the incidents that I've responded to, the individuals that were inside were fine. Uh, they didn't need any assistance other than just wanting to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, we were able to. Uh, uh, keep them safe and just reassure them that everything was going to be all right. And and the, what's always been taught to us just to have that rapport with anybody inside the ambulance, inside the elevator is just to just to establish a, a good rapport with the individual, letting them know uh, that they are going to be rescued relatively soon, and that uh, everything's going to be okay. And I think that reassurance is what people want to hear more so than silence. If there's yes. nobody, see that's what would scare me. If is there's nobody responding, you said hello, 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 and nobody responded, I'd pass then out. It would you would hyperventilate, and then you yes, you exactly right, pass Chief Carl. That's exactly what I do. But I don't <laughs> think that I don't I don't think that that fear of elevators is something I wouldn't take it lightly. But I I understand it. But I also too would would say, uh, you know. Try to conquer your fear to the best of your ability, but don't, you know, don't force yourself and say, well, I have to do this because people are just going to have these thoughts of me or whatever. People are going to have thoughts of I'm you. I'm not anyway, worried about what right? people think. I'm worried about like yeah. going to a building and like when I worked in New York, I was on the ninth floor and I took the mm -hmm. stairs every day. I, I just want to be able to take elevators again. So I think you saying that like, it's pretty straightforward to get an elevator yes. unstuck. It helps. But here's the caveat oh, to that. Okay. No, 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 no. You're going to like this. Okay, good. Here's the caveat to the elevators, regardless whether you like elevators or have a fear of being in an elevator or not. What you're really pointing to here is physical fitness and health. It's healthier for you to take the stairs. <laughs> hey, that, yeah. So it's usually, healthier for you to take usually the to avoid for shame. For all of us, for all of us, you know, we take the elevator as a luxury and sometimes as laziness. Well, right? sometimes they don't. It's and, easy. Hey, you're 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 a fire chief. This may be up your alley. Sometimes they won't let me take the stairs. They say it's a fire hazard. At hotels, they'll be like, "You can't take the stairs." They're like, "That's only for fire stuff." And so they're probably lying. They just don't well, want me on the stairway. Yeah, they well, they don't want a multitude of people to to take the stairway. Then that does prevent a, a fire hazard because COVID if has been something a, happens because your elevators oh, are going to shut yeah, down. Right, and they they're going to encourage people to take the stairwell. And if you are already in the stairwell, it could create yeah. havoc and and maybe injuries unnecessarily. But uh, I get what they're saying, and you'd have to just again. Uh, You'd have to speak on on your right. on your behalf and say, "Hey, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not I'm getting on the, the elevator." Stairs, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and if you want me to stay at this particular hotel, uh, and then there'd have to be a different discussion right. on on you know how do they do they care about you being a customer or they saying, "Hey, sorry, this is our policy," and we have to all appreciate that too with policies yep. and policies and practices. Uh, again, it goes uh, similar to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, I'm making some changes and, and changing some policies and practices that aren't favorable. Uh, but as long as they are policy and practice that everyone has to follow, I think that's going to be the deciding factor on whether people accept it or not. You know, I mean, it's going to happen regardless, but but I, I think people just don't want to be singled out. It's like if you haven't seen the policy of that particular hotel that told you that everybody's got to take the elevator, you know, I'd want to see it. Yep. Show me on paper in writing where that's a policy. Don't write it on a piece because of paper. Because don't under just the desk. tell yeah. me that I have to take the yeah. elevator. Now, if you're telling everyone in here that Fair that's enough. the policy, yeah. then I'm good with that. Yeah. But don't single me out. Yep. So my last thing I want to talk about, if I read correctly and doing research on you, Hutchjuko? 
Hutch Juco. I went to Sterling College. You went to Sterling? I, I went to Sterling. Now, for all <laughs> you non-Kansas people out there that don't know what we're referring to, uh, yes, I did my first two years at Hutch. My dad went to Sterling Junior also. College. My dad went to Sterling. My mom went to Sterling. I went to Sterling. They all live in McPherson I currently. Got a, I got a story for you. Hit me. And real quick. Yeah. Sterling. Sterling is is literally I I can't tell you I think it only took me like thirty minutes to get to Sterling 20, from from Hutch twenty five twenty minutes yeah. twenty twenty five minutes and McPherson's well anyway my first year at Hutch JUCO real quickly my first year I'm here from South Bend Indiana I'm down there in Kansas let me tell you when I first got to Hutch JUCO <laughs> there was tumbleweeds rolling across <laughs> the airport. Okay, and I'm looking outside the air, airplane window, which was a little crop duster, and I'm looking outside that window, and I see tumbleweed, and all I could think of was the old Wild Wild West shows. And I'm like, wow. Get out of Dodge is a saying from yes, what, half hour yes. away. Yes, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to get off. I think I want to <laughs> go back to Salt Bend. Well, fast forward to story. I meet this young man from McPherson, McPherson, Kansas, and... Again, I'm from South Bend, Indiana. I don't. I didn't have the opportunity to go home during holiday breaks and and during during the breaks in the, in the school year because it was literally too expensive for me to go back and forth home. Okay, uh, it was too expensive for me, so I ended up staying on campus pretty much every holiday. Well, I have that kind of uh, personality that people kind of, and I'm so thankful to have it. But people kind of like me for whatever reasons. Not everybody. Not everybody <laughs> like me. That's that's the truth. Uh, but this young man says, hey, Carl, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I was like, I'll be sitting here on campus, you know, until everybody returns. <laughs> and he says, you're not going home? And I'm saying, no. He says, well, you need to come home with me. And I'm like, I barely even know. We were just, we were just in the same dorm together, right? And, uh, and this is my first year. I don't even know this guy. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I was like, you sure it's okay? And, and I'm a, again, I'm a people person. I'm family oriented. I love being around anybody. And, and he says, yeah, he says, you'll love it. We live on a farm. So, you no. know, hope you ain't afraid of cows and, and pigs. And I was like, well, I, I'm not, I haven't been around them, but I, I'm, a, I'm game. And, and so he took me to his house, and his parents treated me like family. They didn't know me from the man on the moon, had never seen me. And, and I'm just going to put it out there. There, there were no, no African-Americans in <laughs> McPherson, okay? But it didn't matter. They made me feel like family. They took me in. We I helped milk the cows, you know. I, we, we rode the dirt bikes on the farm, and, and, and it was the greatest time. And I'm so certainly different kind of living to, yeah. to that family for just taking me in. And, and I've always said, you know, pay it forward. So, you know, we've always opened up our home to uh, college students that's away from home or whatever. And, and you know, just uh, I think you just you just have to just uh, have an appreciation and a respect for people, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from. And, and again, what's been reiterated throughout this whole COVID th time period is that we need to have more love for humanity instead of hate. And so that's love what it. I'll end on. Perfect message to end on. Uh, before we get you out of here, can you plug um, how someone can apply to be a firefighter? Uh, any efforts? And I know um, that you also have involvement with 100 Black Men of Greater South Bend, if you yes. want to plug that. So take the yes. floor and plug away. Well, okay, I'm going to plug. I got <laughs> I got several plugs. Let's but hear uh, it. As far as South Bend Fire Department, uh, uh, Assistant Chief Brandon Rourke is our chief of training, and, and that's who you can get in touch with, and he will let you know exactly uh, what you need to do as far as uh, applying for the South Bend Fire Department periodically we will put on an application and a hiring process uh, throughout the community, even online, uh, utilizing social media and our software and fire department website, uh, which I'm very proud of. Uh, but you can contact any of our software and firefighters as well if you know a software and firefighter, and they'll put you in touch with uh, who you need to get in touch with in order to apply. Uh, there is no one that's excluded we're continuously just cont trying to be better and, and to do better at serving our community 
and we need any and everyone who's interested in 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 doing that as well. Uh, but it's 100 black men. Uh, thank you to that organization. Uh, and it doesn't mean that there's only 100 black men in the city of South Bend. Uh, it's a, just a uh, a title within itself, just signifying that we need at least 100 black men to serve the young black men, uh, the young black adolescents out here to give them some direction who don't have a father at home or just being raised by a mother or their uh, grandparents or even someone else, uh, but just to teach them how to be a responsible, uh, respectable black man uh, moving forward in, in this country and in this community. Uh, so they, we're doing a lot of great things with that organizing with a lot of different groups in the community to, to, to provide uh, support to our young African-American males out here uh, to give them a direction and a purpose. Uh, also, too, I'd like to put a plug in for multiple sclerosis. Uh, multiple sclerosis is uh, uh, a big thing that I've been involved in for a long time. Uh, my first wife, Josie, uh, succumbed to multiple sclerosis uh, back in 2013, uh, but so I've been an advocate back in since the 90s with that. And uh, even though she's gone, uh, me and my family and my my wife right now, Kathy, we I, I'm so thankful for her uh, for coming into my life and still feeling, uh, helping me to uh, put more interest out there in multiple sclerosis, in MS is what they normally say. Uh, so that the, the community and the country and the world will be a better place for those that are suffering from it. Uh, she didn't have to, but I'm so appreciative of her. And I just feel like we have so much that we still have to do. I'm on the board of directors for the Multiple Sclerosis of Indiana. Uh, so if anyone has any questions about multiple sclerosis or needs some assistance, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can contact me through the fire department. I would be, I would be more than happy to assist you. Also to leadership of South Bend, Mishawaka, great organization. I was on the board of directors for that, as well as I'm a graduate for the leadership South Bend, Mishawaka, uh, that promotes servant leaders amongst all of our uh, individuals in different categories and different work uh, organizations throughout the city, uh, just to make uh, everyone, give everybody a little bit more understanding of what it entails for all of us to come together and to do the greater good for the city of South Bend and Mishawaka. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chief Carl Buchanan. Thanks a ton for your time today. Had a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to you serving the city for quite a while. Thank you so much. Appreciate everyone. Good to meet everyone. And, hey, Kansas. Kansas. Central Kansas. Kansas. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kansas, <laughs> great memories. First, it might seem like a lot, but they all play and they roll. Put that on anything that I got, and all I care about is my city, man. I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set. I give everybody a piece of this, and I make you. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.